What's going on, Horizon Church? Good to see everyone today. And obviously, I'm not Alex, although we have infinity of beers and Star Wars culture. But uh, Alex asked me to speak today. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Uh, if you know me, my name is Alex Salvatore. And it's been honestly a blessing for my family to come and be a part of Horizon Church. Um, the church is a curse and a blessing sometimes. And it's amazing how sometimes church can really bless you. And sometimes church can really hurt you. And I don't know what your background has been, but if you come to Horizon Church, um, it's a blessing. And Horizon Church is extremely blessed and privileged to have Alex and Darby as the pastors. And man, it's been so great to leave here, fill up, and not drag down. So Alex, Darby, thank you guys for doing such a great job uh, here in the Philadelphia area. And man, we love Horizon Church. We love you guys. So thanks so much for the opportunity. And so today, we're talking about nothing to fear. And I don't know if for those of you who are here or watching online, but 2020 has been a roller coaster of a year. It's been maybe filled with more fear than things that you can really be excited about. Um, and it's almost been a year of memes, right? It's like you've seen all kinds of memes where you got like the new Leonardo DiCaprio kind of like laughing meme. And, you know, you've got the how it started and how it's going memes. And, you know, this is my favorite meme. If I had to sum up this year, a year in review is my plans versus 2020. And uh, for me, growing up in an Italian household, um, we our house was full of these, like, shortbread cookie tins, right? And my mom and my grandmother loved to sew. And so it was always a mixed bag. Whenever you picked up one of those things and you shook it, right, it's like, is there cookies or is there this? And I feel like for a lot of us this year, you know, we've been hoping that like 2020 was going to be a year full of sweetness and goodness, but it turned out to be that full of sewing stuff that was not what you expected, certainly not what I expected. And, you know, I love the Woody Allen quote where he says, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? Writer, director, Woody Allen, I think this pretty much sums up my thoughts going into 2020, right? You know, if you think about last year, right, before we went into 2020, you heard the sermon, it's like, 2020, best year, you know, the best is yet to come. And it's just like, whoa, record scratch, no, the best is not yet to come. March and April felt like 10 years, felt like a decade getting through those months. And it just was totally not what we expected, certainly not what I expected, but... Even in those times when life doesn't turn out the way we expected, maybe God can do something more. Maybe God can not just do something unexpected. Maybe God can go beyond our own expectations, where it can be better than we thought it can be. And a lot of times, God shows up in a way that we don't expect Him. And when we hear the, the story of how the arrival of Jesus was announced in Luke 2. Um, there are some things in this verse that the original hearers of this passage, their ears were picked, would have perked up. So let's go back to Luke 2, verses 8 to 12, and it says this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Because angels show up in fields where shepherds are watching lambs all the time, right? They're probably thinking like, yo, Larry, what did you put in those brownies this year, right? Um, they were terrified. 
But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. So at this time, Israel has been waiting for this Messiah to rescue them. They were living under occupation of the Roman government. And this has been the time that they've been waiting for. That this Messiah is going to save them, rescue them, take their country out of oppression, and be their king. And be everything that they hoped they'd been reading about for 400 years. And it's interesting. You think about this Messiah, this chosen one that's going to save Israel, rescue Israel. You're going to announce him to shepherds? Well, I, like, what do you announce this, this, this king to dignitaries, the major influencers who have a lot of money, to the high priest, to go to shepherds? Shepherds. And even in this culture, the interesting thing about shepherds, you know, we think of, like, shepherds, like, oh, we're nice, like, occupation farmers, we love farmers, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But during that time, shepherds didn't have a good reputation. Shepherds were outsiders. It was so bad to be a shepherd that if you witnessed a crime, you cannot be a witness in a court of law. Because your testimony was not accepted because usually shepherds were liars and people that were not to be trusted. So here's this guy who brings this announcement. And who does he choose to be his first representatives to spread the word? Peoples whose testimony does not even hold up in a court of law. I love how God works. I love that God uses the outsider. The unexpected. The people that sometimes the world would overlook, God sees. And God is able to do more with you than you think he can. And so let's take a look at this verse and let's break it down even more. How it started and how it's going. Alright, so 400 years there's all this prophecy about this, this chosen Messiah who's going to be a king of Israel. And they thought it was, he was going to be this earthly king, not an eternal king. And they thought that he was going to be this soldier, this great military leader that was going to rescue them, pray, just go brave hard on like the Romans. But he was a servant, not a soldier. He was washing feet, not wiping the blood off his sword. Totally different. And then how it's going, he chooses to, to, to come and give this message to shepherds. And not only this, but he's a sacrificial lamb. It, it, it doesn't make Sense, but when you look at things from an eternal perspective, it made all the sense in the world. You know, we serve a God who's the Prince of Peace, and He's not mad at you, He's mad about you, and He loves you, and He's looking to empower you, He's looking to use you, and He's looking to come alongside you. He wants to be your shepherd, and I, I, I just I, I love that dynamic, that he's a guy that we trust, that he's a guy that has our best interests at heart, that he's a guy that allows us to do more with him than we could ever do on our own. And sometimes it doesn't show up the way we think it does, but maybe God knows better than we do. Maybe we need to trust him through that. You know, the most Google verse of 2020 was a verse that was never the most Google verse throughout the years. It was Isaiah 41.10. It says this, so do not fear with Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
For years before 2020, the most Google verse besides John 3.16 was Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And, you know, it's like this, like, warm, fuzzy verse that we, like, love to quote out of context. But, you know, it's like, hope and a future. Yes, I want that, you know. And then 2020 comes and it's like, mm, right and scratch, you know, not what you expected. And the interesting thing about this verse, do not fear, is that that phrase, do not fear, is mentioned 365 times in the Bible. It's almost like this daily reminder that every day God wants you to remind you that you have nothing to fear. Because he's with you. Even when this verse was written, Isaiah, the context of this verse is so interesting. Isaiah was a prophet. And the first 20 chapters of Isaiah was this was this prophecy about, hey, Israel, if you keep looking this way, you're going to be in exile. You're going to leave this country. You know, it's not going to go good for you. Like, warning, 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 don't go down this path. You're you going to be in exile. And then that actually happened. They got exiled by the Babylonians, had to leave their country. And then Israel messed up. They didn't listen to God. And I love this because even though Israel messed up, even though Israel got it wrong, we see this loving God who comes along while they're in exile and doesn't, and doesn't point the finger at them and say, look, look what you did. He looks at them and says, look what I can do. I want to raise you from my righteous right hand and I want to bring you back out of exile because God is just that good. He's a God that even when we mess up, he's able to make it right. And I love the context of this verse because this is not a God that's out to get us. It's not a God that, 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 that's looking for you to do wrong. It's this God that we mess up. He looks at us and says, hey, I can make that right. And I just love this. You know, maybe 2020 feels like you're in exile, right? You know, quarantine. It's so frustrating. Whether, you know, you have a family, whether you're single, it's hard to get out of those daily routines that brought us so much comfort. You know, I mean, you could, just, you could just think of the different things that you would do when you go to work and you'd have your routine or the weekend you love to do these certain things. And for me, I love coffee. Like, I'm a coffee guy. And, you know, for me, like, coffee is like my little, like, church. I can go and get my coffee and just kind of, like, be amidst the buzz and just kind of zone out. And it was great to go there. No, I can't do that anymore. You know, uh, there's nothing like after like a long week, week of teaching, I'm a fifth and sixth grade teacher, to like just get away, unplug for the weekend, and I love taking my boys to the movies, and we moved right in walking distance of a movie theater. And then the year where we moved in walking distance of our theater movie theater, it shut down. So frustrating. And it's, you, you feel like you're, like this year in our life is just kind of like going down, and it can be full of more fear than hope. But I think a lot of times when we hit that point in our life where we feel like, can it get any worse? I can't take anymore. I'm just hitting this wall. I think God sometimes wants to break through the most of those situations. Because it can be more about what He can do in our lives than what we can do on our own. This number, 767, 767, really doesn't hold a lot of meaning. Maybe you're thinking like, Maybe is that my like lottery number? You know, I'm like, you know, like, hey, 2020 is going down, you know, but hey, maybe I'm gonna change this lottery ticket, right? This number is not very significant to many of us, and, um, but for many years, this number was extremely significant. This was the this was the mile per hour that you would go right before you would break the sound barrier, and for years, pilots could not get past this number. Not that the planes didn't have the technology, because when you hit this number as a pilot, 
everything, all the force, all the gravity goes against you, and it looks a lot like this. It actually looks just like that. When you hit 767 miles an hour, you see that. You're thinking like, it's going down, this plane is going to go, it's going to crash, everything's shaking, everything's coming apart, I can't go any further. And pilots pull back and they have to stop. Except this pilot. Chuck Berger, he is the person that broke the sound barrier just by going one more mile per hour. At 768 miles per hour, he broke the sound barrier. And he was the one that had the faith when everything was against him push further just go one more mile per hour. The planes at the time had the technology, but none of the pilots had the faith, except one. Maybe you, you're facing this kind of friction, you're feeling like this year, it's like all the forces against you, and it's easy just to kind of quit and give up, but maybe God just wants you to go one more step. Maybe God wants you to just hang in at your job one more day, one more week. Maybe in some relationships, it's just you need to forgive one more time. In your life, what's that sound barrier for you? Because even though it looks like in our world that everything's going down, but in actuality, it actually was going up. Here, can you roll in that today? This is it. This is Chuck Berger getting ready to break the sound barrier. representation of our lives. It looks like we're going down. But actually, we're going up. And we're doing something that no one ever did before. Bob Goff, one of my favorite authors, in his book, Love Does, says this, God hopes will develop a greater fear of inaction than failure. My hope is that we have a greater fear of doing nothing. My hope is that even though those moments where it's like we feel like we can fail and might get it wrong, that we're willing to take a risk and maybe we can get it right. Maybe we can trust God more than we can trust our experience. Sometimes just one person, one day, one year, one relationship, one prayer can make all the difference in the world. Two summers ago, I was in between careers, transitioning from a life of ministry and being a pastor for many, many years, and I was having the summer, I was, I was in between. I was in an in in-between season, I was driving lift. And it's a good job, but it was killing my body. My ankles started to get, like, swollen. My car started to get, like, wrecked because of just all the passengers. The hours that I was working because people travel in the morning, I rush out during dinner time, and then late at night. And it was just wreaking, like, havoc on my body. And I remember going to um, drop, like, I think it was like at the end of the end of the school year, and I was dropping, my, I was picking up my, my son from school, the principal, she came up to me, she's like, hey, have you ever thought about teaching fifth grade next year? We're going to need a teacher. And I was like, ah, I don't know, like, you know, like, I don't know, I mean, I, I have substituted before, but I don't know if I can have my own class, and she's like, just, just think about it, think about it. So like we thought about it, we prayed about it, and uh, I was like, you know, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. And I never forget what she said. She's like, she's like, I knew you would because God told me to hire you. And I was just like, what? And it's 
that year changed my life. I love teaching. Um, and it's, it's, it's honestly giving me like renewed joy. And the interesting thing is that she left this year. If I said no, I'd miss that opportunity. There is this window of yes, where I had to not have a fear of inaction, but maybe just take a step. And even though it might fail me, a terrible teacher, give it a shot. And God knew what I could do before even I knew what I could do. Maybe some of you are, are feeling some fears. You're like, I don't know how to do this. God thinks you can. And God thinks you can go farther than what you than, than what you can go. And it almost bring, bring, brings me back to the shepherds, right? Here's this message of this new Messiah that's coming. And God's going to give this word to shepherds, the people who, 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 who have a horrible reputation. Is anyone going to listen to them? They are. Luke 2.17 continues and says this. When they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And I love this. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. How amazing is that for all of their like professional life, these shepherds were people that no one believed. They probably had a better relationship with animals and with people. There might be some of you who kind of be like that. You know, I kind of love my dog more than I love like, you know, my, my co-workers. You know? But because of one interaction, one interaction with the God who loves them, for the first time, these people, these shepherds that no one believed, people believed. And they were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. What a blessing, not only to, to, to bring this message of the Messiah, but isn't that, isn't that just how God works? It's like, God is not just about Him, but God's about you. He's about you, and He loves you, and He wants to bless you. I'm grateful for a God who uses unexpected people to do extraordinary things. It's you. Even if you like, I can't be. Could be. Even in a year where it just feels like a major fail, maybe next year God can pull us forward more than we ever thought he could. Maybe God wants to do something in us before he can do something through us. I'm full of hope. Maybe I'm just an optimist. Maybe I, I ate too many of those shortbread cookies and those tins, you know, and I got that like cookie buzz going on. But I don't know. I just feel like God's up to something. And I think He's up to something good. And He's not going to waste this year. He's not going to waste the hard times, the struggles, the disappointments. God is going to use it because God loves to do unexpected things with unexpected people. So in the beginning of His life, God brings this announcement to people who, whose reputation and whose, and whose word was not even allowed to be used in a court of law. It bookends when Jesus dies for our sins and raises from the dead. Who's the first witness? Women. And I love how God looks marks this because ugh, God just loves to just use people that no one else would use. And he's got such a high view of women. So let's take, let's jump forward to Matthew 28. Where Jesus now risen from the dead. The angel spoke to the women. And I love this line. There is nothing to fear here. They were full of fear. They thought Jesus was dead. But maybe, maybe, maybe he can still be alive. 
And they came to the tomb and they saw the angel. And again, it's amazing how fear sometimes, like, there's this moment of fear. And we think it could be terrible. But it's amazing how those moments of fear can lead to moments of trouble. I love it. There's nothing to fear here. I know you're looking for Jesus, the one they nailed to the cross. He's not here. He was raised, just like he said. Now get on your way and quickly tell his disciples he has risen from the dead. He has gone on ahead of you to Galilee, and you will see him there. And right after this, they totally did see Jesus. Women were the first people that Jesus appeared to. That's the message. And here's the interesting thing. Women's Testimonies also weren't able to be used in a court of law at that time as well. And I just love how God just doesn't follow man's, you know, conventions. Even during a time when when a woman couldn't be a witness in God's time, you are. I love that. That's the message. And I love this next line. This is my prayer for 2021. The women deep in wonder and full of joy, lost no time in leaving the tomb, and they ran to tell the disciples. I love that line. Deep in wonder and full of joy. That is my prayer for you this year. Deep in wonder and full of joy. In a moment when it seemed like everything was lost, it began to change turn around. At a moment when life feels shaky and you feel like you're going down, God is lifting you up with his righteous right hand. God's not forgotten about you. He's not forgotten about your family. He's not forgotten about your position. He's not forgotten about your talents. He's not forgotten about the things that you've done that no one else seems to see, but he does. Serve a God that notices you, wants to use you. And when we have this moment, when we have this connection where who we are meets who He is, my prayer is that we'll be left with deep wonder and maybe be full of joy. This team will come. So pray. Jesus, we pray.